What's up, everybody? Welcome to Divi Chat. This is episode 210. Look at this. We got a full panel. Everybody's here. It's almost just right on time. We're just a few minutes late instead of our usual <laughs> seven-ish. We are on fire today. I'm feeling good. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because we have like an extra little oomph of Aussie happening in the panel today. We have two out of our five panelists today are from the land down under. And why don't we uh, go around? We're going to talk today about setting and keeping boundaries, what that means, why it's important, what kind of boundaries we use in our businesses and relationships professionally, and maybe otherwise, who knows where things will go. And uh, so why don't we go ahead quickly and introduce everybody so we can dive on into this important topic. Sarah, go for it. Hey guys, Sarah Oates here from Endure Web Studios. You can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. And Tim, I see I tried to prep them ahead of time. Like, let's just go in this order. No, you like just wanted us to like go in. <laughs> I've been thinking that. about this that it seems silly that I'm like, yeah. hey, Tim Strafler, who are you? Like, I don't know. I say your name and then you say your All name. Right. Like, we're going to practice these guys next yeah, week. We'll, we'll, like, next this. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, is we used to use Zoom. In Zoom, the, the order that I would see on my screen is not the order that would come up for everyone on True. YouTube. Yeah. And so, but I guess for StreamYard, it's different. So we can actually do that. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, Tim Streifler here, uh, broadcasting from San Clemente, California. And you can find me online at divilife.com and wpgears.com. Uh, this is a great topic, uh, setting boundaries. Excited to define it here in a couple minutes and then talk more about <laughs> it for the duration of Divi Chat. All yeah. right. I'm going to jump in before yes. Stephanie even has to say anything. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. uh, my name is Eric Dingler, and I'm with In Transit Studios. And I'm uh, I like the broadcasting. I'm broadcasting from Virginia Beach. Nice. So yeah, awesome. I am Stephanie Hudson. As always, I'm here representing Focus WP, where we create uh, opportunities for freelancers and small agencies to grow and scale so they can make more money. You can check us out at focuswp.co and join us in our Facebook group where most of these people, everybody here is a member. Emma's in there. She's spoken in the group before and Eric, anyway, it's called Focus on Your Biz. Uh, and now uh, let's get to our, our fancy guest. We have not, I mean, Eric, <laughs> we're glad to have Eric here, but like, you know, he's been on before. He's old news, right? Eric? Yeah. But, whatever. <laughs> yes. But he has a new haircut and he's a new shiny haircut. new haircut. A new, li a new lights. It's so exciting. <laughs> a whole new <laughs> You guys are not watching this on YouTube or Facebook. You are missing out. And also, <laughs> apparently, Eric has decided. Lean up a little I bit. Have your name tag is cutting your shirt. Says, oh, I, I have your decided. For some reason, says, I have yeah. decided. So we're glad. We're Everything. glad that you're de decisive. All right, poor Emma's just waiting nervously for, you know, when, whenever they tell you in school, like, we're all going to stand up and give a fact about ourselves or whatever. And you get, remember, you'd get so nervous, you'd count, like, how many more people till it's me? That's what it, poor Emma's been doing for the past five minutes. So anyway, yeah. uh, Emma, please, please introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi. Well, yes, I can't compete with Eric's fancy lighting or Tim's, actually. No. It looks pretty good. Um, 
Hi everyone, I'm Emma Kate. I am the fellow Aussie on the panel today and I'm happy to be here. I've been a long, long term Divi Chat listener. I think I've been listening to this show for probably three years. I don't know how long you've been doing it, but for ages. And um, so I'm a huge fan. I'm excited to be here and chat to you all and share my tips on boundaries. We and are super excited. If that helps. <laughs> I'm a Kate.co, and you also have a great Facebook group as well. And yes, I have one a of the Facebook things, group. Yeah, tell me about your Facebook oh, sorry. group. Sorry. Oh, it's called Designers Learning Web Dev. And uh, it's for specifically, like, I teach designers specifically how to build websites themselves because there's lots of designers out there that like leave uni or college or whatever and you know they know how to design a website but they have no idea how to build one especially in wordpress so that's what i sort of do trainings on in my group and that's what all my courses are about as well yeah so oh, emma's uh, so i know it's so niche. good <laughs> it really is a useful thing too it ends up providing like a better product in the end for customers and things like that when you combine those two sets of skills properly like that. And because Emma is teaching these, these folks how to do both of those things, there is a bit of business coaching that goes into all of that as well. And one of those elements, of course, is our topic for today, which is setting boundaries. And the, the title of this episode is um, setting boundaries for a stress-free website project. So this isn't this is something that should be of big interest to any of us. I mean, don't we all want to have our projects be a little bit less stressful every once in a while? So, uh, Tim, maybe you could kick us off by just breaking down what we mean when we are talking about boundaries today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, boundaries are, are super important. And, and kind of what we're referring to here is basically uh, having some sort of uh boundary set up with your clients <laughs> before you start a project. I couldn't think of another word for it. So I just said it again um, to make sure that your clients don't walk all over you. And so uh, a lot of times when your clients, they're paying you, um, you know, a decent amount of money, at least for you to, to build a website or whatever it may be, they're going to feel a sense of like entitlement almost where, Hey, I'm paying you money. Therefore you're serving me. I can text you. I can call you at any time, weekends, evenings, whatever. Um, and they expect those things. And so basically, uh, what we're going to be talking about today is how to set boundaries with your clients and do it in a way where they still feel like they're being, um, taken care of as your client, but in a way that doesn't take advantage of you and doesn't destroy your mental health and allows you to still have work-life balance and, and all of those things. And so um, this is something that's super, super important to do um, if you can before uh, you get walked all over. Um, because when you kind of set that yourself up for success in that regard, then you're going to reduce the chances of burnout and, and things like that. And so, um, yeah, great topic. And th this is one of those topics where there's, um, there's not an exact right answer. It's going to depend on, uh, each individual person, uh, what you're, where you are in your business and, and stuff like that. But, uh, hopefully we can share some helpful tips that will get you going. So, yeah. So just to reiterate, clarify um, Tim's definition, a boundary then is, of course, when you set a boundary, 
Yeah, I guess I really didn't define it. <laughs> you know what it made me think of? I was like suddenly thinking about like, this is going to sound really silly because I'm not a farmer, but like in a farm and like a sheep pen, I was thinking about Sean the sheep and then I was thinking about like, do you guys have Sean the sheep there? Is that no. just an Australian thing? Oh, Is it a cartoon? Yeah, it's really funny. Anyway, you have to look up Sean the Sheep. That is your homework for today, everybody in the world. Um, But anyway, I was thinking about like a sheep pen and how like you have like the little fence around it and like that's the boundary. Anyway, my brain just started thinking about sheep. (laughs) Well, I think that I, I was thinking sort of of a fence analogy too, but like that's a perfect one because what's the point of that fence? It's twofold, right? It's not only to keep the sheep in, but it's to keep other things out. So we can think of our boundaries in that way as well. So when we set up boundaries, we could set up thing boundaries for our time, for our channels that we allow people to access us on. We can set boundaries for the things that we are and are not willing to do. So we, we can control how much of ourselves we give to others and how much we let them come into that space. So that, that fence really is kind of a good analogy and do you build a you know is it a picket fence is it like a little low fence is it one of those ones that's open that you know is it a cylinder like a block cylinder walls that have it's a 12 barbed wire wall. on the top yeah <laughs> you know so i saw like a cool diagram and i can't find it now i saw it the other day when i was prepping for the show and it was like uh what what kind of boundaries do you set is it like a healthy boundary where there's like you know, it's like it was like a dashed line drawn around somebody. Is it like a heavy black line drawn where you don't let anybody in at all or out? Uh, you know, where you don't give of yourself at all, which is also not real healthy. And then there's ones that were more like porous, where it's like you got something there, but it's not really firmed up too much and stuff's slipping through the cracks. I'd be willing to bet that's sort of where most of us fall on this spectrum. You know, we have uh, in what we all do we help people in our businesses, right? Whether you're helping designers, we're helping end users, you know, Tim's helping divvy people with his uh, products, you know, like we help people. And so it's easy to slip into some bad habits where we give a little too much of ourselves. Eric, what do you think about the whole thing? No, I completely agree. Um, It's something that, you know, and it's something I didn't start out with really great, you know, having healthy boundaries with things. Um, but this is one of those things I'm always like, can you start with healthy boundaries or do you like to have to have way, you know, you're going to have to probably move your boundaries. Um, because I, I don't know if I could have gotten started with the boundaries I keep today. Give us an example yeah. of what you mean by that. Uh, the, like I now I take two meetings a day. That's it. And so if somebody wants a meeting, I send them my scheduler link and I'm like, here, find something on my calendar. And some people get back to me like, you don't, you don't have anything for two weeks. Yeah. Sorry. I, I don't, we can talk in two weeks. Um, I would have never, if somebody like the moment I got an email, wanted to talk about a website, like I was trying to call them right then. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and what's interesting I, I want to say is with that, uh, kind of mentality, it almost works in your favor. Cause when you're, you're starting out and you you need every website project you can get. It's almost yeah. like that sense of desperation comes across where with yeah. you, Eric, the way you're doing it, it's like, you're not desperate. 
but that also helps you look better because it's like, wow, like Eric, he's really busy. Like this is the guy I want. I got to, I got to, you know, get that meeting in two weeks. I don't want to miss that. Like I, I need him to to do my project. And so it's almost like when you're, when you don't desperately need projects, that's when you end up getting the most anyways. And so I feel like having those proper boundaries and sticking to them can also like have that uh, side positive effect of helping you close more deals too. So kind of a side benefit to, to what we're talking about today. Uh, our old Divi chat pal, Leslie, man, she was like the best at it. I don't know if she was right. doing intentionally to set boundaries. She was like, I just don't care. I don't want anymore. And she would put that up like I'm booked for the next few months. And then people would like flock to her. It was like, that's the first time I really yeah. saw that in action up close and personal with somebody that I knew that it was like, wow, that's a really magical trick. Yeah. And you get better quality clients too. You don't end up with those clients that are like, I need it yesterday. Like I need it right now yeah. and expect you to right. be at the beck and call. If they're willing to wait two weeks or two months, probably in Leslie's case, it they're going to be people that really want to work with you and are going to really value what you do as well. Now, at the same time with that give and take, if, if Eric's schedule didn't have a meeting for a year, <laughs> you know, like nine to 12 months, you know, yeah. I mean, realistically, marketing, if somebody needs marketing, they they need it within a reasonable amount of time, most likely, right? Like it's not two weeks, that should be reasonable. But if it goes pushed way, way farther, well, then maybe your walls are a little too tight. You know, maybe that wall's a got too much barbed wire on the top of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, I think, um, oh, sorry, go ahead, Tim. Oh, I was just going to just bring up one of the boundaries that I kind of accidentally set for myself. Um, so I, I really like Eric's where with the schedule and two meetings a day and stuff, um, something kind of similar that I started doing by accident was I just don't answer my phone. So I, if someone wants to talk to me, then, you know, we would send an email and we'll schedule something, but like getting calls out of the blue from, from clients, it's just, I absolutely hate it. I don't know if it's like a generational thing because uh, working with my colleague, David Blackman, it's like he loves to jump on the phone. Someone, a client calls him, <laughs> like he'll pick up the phone and just start talking and like, you know, and that's like his personality. And then I think from his, his generation, David, if you're watching, I'm not calling He's you old. He's pretty old. He is pretty old. <laughs> um, but for sure, me, he it's doesn't like, watch the show. It's like, wait, what? it's like someone's calling me. It's like, why are you calling me? Like email or text me like this is like, what is this you know 1990 come on um but that's kind of i i like started that <laughs> this just, is 1990 <laughs> um it kind of by accident ended up being a really good uh, kind of boundary to set like don't call me out of the blue if you need something let's schedule a call and you know we'll, we'll we'll get it figured out um because otherwise that invites clients to then just start calling you for every little thing Yep. How about texting? I mean, I think, I think um, the communication channels are one of the most obvious types of boundaries to set, right? Like, how are you going to communicate with your clients? Are you going to talk to them on the phone at all? You know, like, do you take their calls or do you just schedule Zooms? I mean, that's kind of where we've gotten to almost lately, right? Like where you don't even need to do phone that much. I mean, I can't, I can't like, there's so many times you know, the old, like this meeting could have been an email. I'm always now I'm kind of like this video chat could have been a call. <laughs> like, like I did not need 
I did not need to flat iron for this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that's my scare was not necessary. <laughs> I think like the first step that I like to go through is like, what are your boundaries? Like figuring out what you want your business to look like. Like, how do you want to communicate? How, like, when do you want to work? How do you want to get paid? What are your turnaround times? Like all those things, deciding what yes. you actually want. And then you can put those boundaries in place. Because like Tim said, some people like to talk on the phone. I'm like, Tim, I hate it. Like I'll avoid a phone call like it's the plague and um, I don't like giving out my phone number or anything like that. I will jump on a call when it's necessary, but it's not like it has to be booked in. I'm not going to just like answer my phone. However, there are other people like um, a fellow designer friend and she's probably in the chat because she listens every week, Danielle Green. She loves getting on the phone. She's and she's here. not old either, so I don't know. She never she takes my calls. <laughs> yeah, I feel she like never, I need to she's never takes dig my myself calls. out of that hole. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna put Danny Green's number up on the screen here if anybody wants to yeah. take her call. <laughs> but yeah, it's like deciding how you want to work is like the first step because if you like to get on calls with people, if you absolutely hate emails, then yeah, do that. And then once you decide how you want to work, then you can start educating your clients on those boundaries and setting those boundaries because I was one of those people that I did make all those mistakes and not setting boundaries I would feel like I'd have to call the client right away as soon as they sent me the email I check you know live in my emails you know rather than now I just check them once or twice a day like knowing uh it took me a while to figure out what I actually sort of wanted and that I had to set these boundaries because I just expected clients to know my boundaries without saying anything and it's probably like any relationship if you don't tell someone what you want or how you want to work then they're not going to know so um I learned the hard way and pretty much everything I'll go through is stuff that I learned the hard way that's interesting so like Eric said something similar do you guys think that it is possible like tim you do some coaching emma does you know a lot of us might be advising newer folks starting out in the industry do you think it's even possible to have good boundaries when you start that's kind of a good question isn't it uh no i don't reckon i mean (laughs) like you can have some right like of course you can have some boundaries and i think it's important but i think when you're starting out you're going to have to be far more flexible than when you're a little bit further along in the journey because you are really wanting to communicate that you are available and that you uh, are really going to try for people because if people are taking a chance on you when you're new, they probably know they're taking a chance on you. They're probably getting a cheaper price for it um, and they kind of are expecting that you are going to show your eagerness. So I think there's, I mean, of course you can still have boundaries in there and you probably should, but I think realistically it's not going to be the same as when you're a few years in. It's just not. No, I I don't think it even has to be about like a handoff like that either that like, Oh, I'll let you push my boundaries a little bit. Cause I'm not going to be that good. I mean, I think even just as you're running a business when you're, you know, kind of early days though, I think maybe there's a little bit about the enthusiasm that you have where it's a little bit more exciting. Um, but maybe, maybe it's workload, you know, maybe you just can't, like maybe it's stressful having the phone ring all of a sudden because you have too many tasks you need to focus on. Or what if you have 
personal changes in your life? Like what if you used to be able to do work on the evenings and weekends when your clients needed it, but now you got a family or something like that? You know, there's so many different things that can impact it. So I guess that means that your boundaries are never done. It's never because as long as we are in flux as human beings and uh, emotionally and things like that. But I, I do think that the most important thing about it is like Tim said earlier, it's up to you. Like you get to pick this. There isn't a set thing that is right or wrong with all of this stuff, but also um, that it has to be communicated clearly. So if you don't, if you don't tell people like, Hey, I don't want you to call me. Well, Tim, how do those people have your phone number? You know, like if they, if you gave them your phone number or made your phone number available to them, I'm not just calling you out on this, but I'm saying like, if you've never said like, that's not what we do here, then really whose fault is it that they're calling you? You know, like we have to put ourselves as we're the business owner here. We are the service provider. We're the boss of the project. So we have to, we are in charge of setting those, those boundaries and how, how we're going to allow people to reach us and things besides, um, Communication channels. What are some other types of boundaries? Emma, I know you have a whole list. You rattled a few of them um, off. Let's yeah, like uh, how you want to get paid. So oh, sort of one. knowing like um, setting from the beginning of the project, you know, what how much they're going to pay up front and when the payments are going to be due, that kind of thing. So it's not a surprise when they get to a certain milestone in the project and it's like, oh, here's a bill for however much. Um, so sort of letting them know that and also that their project isn't going to continue until they've paid that. So like just or just that's how I work. But however you want to work, just stipulating how that's going to um, go down as you work through the project. So uh, and then also, um, I guess the on that one you before you move pay. on to that one. Yeah. Um, I have clients on monthly retainer and there's some who aren't on like the automatic payments. And so I have a really clear thing in their invoice. If you don't pay two months in a row, then I'm going to take your website down. But like kind of having really clear. Boom. I've, wow. I've never actually pulled them on it, but it means that then if something happens and they don't pay for two months, you've got something really clear to go back to where you can kind of go to them and say, hey, you're noticing our invoice, like that it said, if you don't pay two months in a row, then I'm going to take your website down. Is there anything we need to talk about? Is there anything we can do to fix this situation? I'm happy to give you one more month to try and resolve the situation. But just if you, you're setting yourself up for a less awkward conversation about payment, if someone's not on those automatic payments where it's just going to automatically come out. And some people can't manage their finances that way. So I think sometimes we have to be flexible but if you're going to be flexible, then you have to have those boundaries. So just sticking that stuff up front. I think I hate conflict. So for me, sticking it up, sticking it up where? <laughs> up, up there. Um, <laughs> what you're trying to do is basically wow. avoid conflict, right? I I hate conflict. I don't want to have the awkward conversations, uh -huh. and I don't want to have the conversation saying, "Hey, you're not paying me. Like there is a problem." So if straight away in the beginning you're saying, "Look," this is what's going to happen if you don't pay me, then the conversation is way less awkward. And I've had to have a few in the last year and COVID is really tricky and makes it even more tricky. But equally, I've got that, that there to fall back on and they know it's there because it was there right at the beginning. So I think like often we think about the big projects where there's maybe like three payments along the way. But if you've got recurring ones, I think it's really important 
to set up front, what happens if they stop paying you? <laughs> because you don't quite have as clear of a contract if you don't have that yeah. really clear up front. Sorry to interrupt. Absolutely. And well, no, and well, I think, and think about good... think about that too, Sarah, how much that doesn't just benefit us, but how it benefits the client because then they don't have that frustration of getting upset saying, thinking like, oh, I can't, why, why do I have to pay this? Or, oh, why are you doing this to me? Like it just, it's a, like you said, it's a, it's a conflict buster, basically. It just proactively, I mean, uh, pre, um, what's the word? Doing it before? Proactive. <laughs> you got it. You were right okay. on the money. Right. Proactive <laughs> yeah. and preemptive, right? Mm -hmm. anyway. All of yeah. those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I think the fact that you set those boundaries too, then you can be flexible. So like you said, you've never really actually enforced that on a client. Like you've probably never taken their website down, um, and, but you're then doing them a favor and they know that you're doing them a favor because they've sort of, they've stepped over mm -hmm. the boundary and you're being really polite in your email and saying, oh, like, you know, is there anything I can do to help? Can we work this out? You know, um, so setting those boundaries doesn't mean that you can't ever break them yourself and, you know, not be, you know, really cutthroat with a client and take their website down. Um, so I think that's um, an important thing too. But if you don't have those boundaries in place in the first place, then how's a client going to even know that they're stepping over one? Right. I have fake yep. late fees. I, I charge fake late fees. <laughs> I don't have to do it very often. And I think I've only actually ever made someone pay them one time because they were just, oh, they would just smash through my fence all the time. They were just smashing through. I had to, so, but I would always be like, listen, can, if you can pay this today, we'll, I'll go ahead and knock those late fees off for you just this once. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that one. All right. What's next on your list, Emma? Um, I have things on there like, you know, <laughs> specifying how many concepts and rounds of amends you're going to do as well. So clients know that, that they're not just going I don't, to. I don't know what rounds of amends them. are. I assume you mean uh, revisions. revisions? That's, revisions. Yeah, amends. <laughs> I've never heard it called that. Do you call it that, Sarah? Oh. Well, it's because in Australia we shorten everything. So it's an amendment. Um, uh -huh. You know, you don't have I an amendment I didn't even know that. I love how you guys use abreaves. Yeah, we've got everything. Like anytime, yeah. and if something's already short, we'll lengthen it. Like it mm -hmm. can't be what it is. That's impossible. No. Yeah, no. I do love that about Australia. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Danny does not but play. I think, Danny Green, I think one late fee and then collections. Boom, wow. done. Wow. Now that is a boundary, my friends. Wow. <laughs> but I think revisions is one of those boundaries that can move. When I first started out, oh, it was yeah. unlimited revisions, you know, <laughs> now it's, now it's three. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And I think that offended Emma, apparently she left. I think it offended the, the boundary. Dog. She was out. Sorry. Yeah. My, my dog just started going off. So I was like, mute quick, get her out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Those, um, well, and I go even lower than that, Eric. I say you get one major and one minor. That's it. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not, like one is like a big revision. And then after that, we can tweak. And then you're done. Uh, we we say, yeah, we say three, but every single email is a revision. Yeah. So, cause some, cause well, they'll go in there and be like, can you change this? And then 20 minutes later and this, and then it, like, no, no. Yeah. I love that way of breaking mm -hmm. it down. Cause that's, um, 
that's another boundary, right? Like that's how you're defining that communication and what that is. You're basically defining what a revision is and you're setting these boundaries that like you can send us as many things as you need in this email and then that's it. And that's, that's super fair too, right? And it just, it makes the client do better work. It allows you to do better work and it reduces the stress on your project. Yeah. So what do you do after that? Do you do you make them pay like an hourly rate for like extra revisions or how do you manage it once they hit their three rounds of email sends? It's never happened. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, Cause the, normally the first one, normally the first one is super long, you know, and it yeah. might be a Google doc or word doc or an email and it's, and it's super, super long and we work through all those. And then the second one, it's just a little thing here or there. And then I, I don't know if we, except for one client, but this is a client before I instituted this. Um, but uh, after that, we just, we don't get to the third one by then. They're like, hey, this is great. I have no more. I'm like, oh, good. We got you ahead of time. Let's look and launch. Nice. Yeah, just do good work. I've had them um, where I, I did a, a branding project for a client once and I was working with a designer and I, I really didn't even feel like the designer was hitting the mark either. So when the the client wanted another revision. I, like, I was like, you're right. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to charge you. I, you know, like, if, so there are exceptions and it is, <clears throat> you can um, bend a little bit. Is my audio yeah, glitching? It seems to be Just a little delayed. delayed. Yeah. yeah. That sounds is. fine. Okay. So thanks. another um, boundary that I had to set after because I got, kind of, I want to say taken advantage of, but just had to deal with the frustration. And that is having multiple points of contact with the company. Yeah. And it reminded me talking oh, about the revisions because I would have revisions coming from multiple people and then the revisions would contradict each other. And it was like, uh -huh. whoa, 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 you guys <laughs> need to get on the same page. And so then I started implementing after that project where it was in the contract and I would talk about it, uh, with the client as well is one point of contact. I'm not talking to multiple. If you want multiple people on a call, that's fine. But one point of contact, one person emailing me and that sort of thing. And that to me became a super important boundary because I had not just that one project, but a couple before that too, where it was like, you know, husband and wife team type of thing, both owners. And it's like yeah. one person oh. is saying this, another person saying this type <clears throat> of thing. We've talked about similar things on Divi chat before. And it's like, yeah, it's so you love not it when fun. you get copied into like a, a group email. And so <laughs> this, like I've got this client at the moment. It's like this really um like a charity type thing. And so I sent it for review and then she emailed, she like replied with a couple of things, but then she must have forwarded my email to like the committee. And then the committee keeps replying all. So I keep getting all of their responses to each other oh. about their thoughts, about the website. And I then I have to, every now and then, she will reply to the email just to me to, like, get me to do. And I'm like, I don't know what is oh, actually no. for me and what is you guys just talking to yourselves. Like, mm. ah! yeah. <laughs> So we, we started, uh, I was going to say, we send, so when we have client, when we do it, so we always send a video uh giving yeah. them a tour of the design with this is why because you asked for this we had talked about this and the you know in the questionnaire and you know stuff like that and then i just put in that that email that goes out meet your new website um if you're going to get feedback from others in your organization please have them watch this video 
So yeah, they no. know why we did things the way we did them. Um, and that has saved a lot because I used to get everybody that, you know, then suddenly everybody's a web designer and <laughs> yeah, it just is, is ridiculous, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing on that too is having having that one point of contact is really important. But I've also made the mistake of just saying I want one point of contact. But then that point of contact ends up being like the receptionist or the you know the PA or someone who's not actually the end decision maker in the company. So that got really tricky as well. So I've had to sort of get more specific about they have to be a key decision maker. Like they have to be the final call kind of person um, <clears throat> because otherwise you end up with multiple points of contact anyway, even though there's just yeah. one person emailing you. That totally happened to me on a project. And I, I had had the, I've been burned on similar things before. And so I was being so good about this. Troy, I love how Troy Dean says it. He says, Batman has to be in the room. He's like, so Robin can be there too. All the uh, the rest of the gang can be there. But it, even if Robin's there, like if Batman's not, Robin's still going to have to go explain it to Batman because Batman has to make the decision. So Batman <laughs> has to be in the room, which I just love. So anyway, I went through this whole thing with this uh, brewery client I was working with. It was because it was a team of investors. So it was like five of them and it was brutal. But they, um, so they nominated the this uh, the woman that was on the crew and she was my point of contact which was great she was good to work with everything they signed the contract i could not get paid why because she doesn't have access she doesn't have authority to make a payment and i'm like okay well you should have access to someone who can make it because you were given authority and she goes yeah they didn't agree with what i decided so, and i'm like so just what you said Emma. it was like it was completely pointless <laughs> to put somebody in charge because she didn't have any power so that, yeah. And that's another thing that you kind of just have to learn the hard way, usually, unfortunately. Yeah. Or here are terrible stories, guys. <laughs> that's what Damien Chat's all about. Here's how we messed up. Please don't do it. Yeah, learn from our mistakes. <laughs> now, do you require that Batman to be in every meeting or just the initial when you want to hear what they want? Uh, what would you say, Emma? Go ahead. You look like you're going to answer him. Um, I more like, yeah, definitely initially, but then also like with the feedback, I kind of, I want that to come from Batman if it can, you mm -hmm. know, like, um, so any, the final feedback, they can share it with other people, but I want it to come from them or, um, them to be aware that, you know, like that their input's quite important, um, or the most important, and so, yeah, as much as possible, I like them to be there. I'm lucky enough that a lot of my the businesses I work with are quite small, so it's not like a huge committee of people that it, I'm having to deal with. Uh, it generally could be the direct like business owner. Um, but I think the worst situations I find is when it's husband and wife teams. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. It is. Um, that's the worst. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're talking to the husband only. Because realistically, <laughs> there's stuff going on in the back. Like I've uh -huh. had chats with husbands where there was a husband and wife and I'm having this chat with the guy. I'm showing it to him. He's like, it's amazing. I love it. I'm so happy with it. And then like the next day I get this email. Look, I really don't. And it, he'll say this, I, I really don't like this thing and this thing and this thing. And you're like, that's the wife. Like that's 100% the wife going on there. And then you're like, right. we're having two different conversations. 
in person. I'm talking to one person, but then I'm getting these emails that are definitely not from that same person, even though they seem like they are. I had a husband and wife get separated and divorced halfway through a project. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And they're in, they live in Puerto Rico. It's oh. just been that it was a very long project. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh my God. That sounds horrible. So yeah. I so would that say be in your boundaries, oh. like you can't yeah. get separated or divorced. Well, <laughs> but no, legal proceedings. no legal proceedings could take no. place during this project. Yeah. So I, regarding, I think the whole, you, oh. regarding the whole, like having Batman in the room, it's, sometimes it's, it's trickier than that. So like, like basically the bigger the company, as Emma yeah. mentioned, like the smaller companies, you can you can get Batman or 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 Batwoman. We want to be uh, <laughs> inclusive here. Um, <laughs> uh, but like when you have a bigger company, for example, you you have like a marketing team, for example, and then you have the director of marketing who in that room is Batman. And then there, I've had this happen where they're managing the project all the way up until the end, and they they are Batman. They can do payments, they can do everything, but. Before it goes live, they got to get that final sign off by by the owners, and then all of a sudden now it's like we're doing these revisions and stuff like that, and it's so it's it's tricky, and there's not always a perfect situation for setting those boundaries with having you know Batman in the room type of thing, um, and so yeah, like I don't know, and, and that's happened to me, and and uh, I don't know the right answer, and uh, I don't know if there was a way around it because it was one of those things where this was a, a bigger company that was like a real like portfolio builder type of company that like looks really good to have on there. And so it was like, I don't want to, you know, not take the project because of this and this. It was kind of like I was a little bit bending over backwards for this particular client. And so um, sometimes, sometimes it's worth it though, right? Yeah, sometimes it's like, worth it. Exactly. That's where you've got to assess. And I think where if you just have these hard boundaries and you say, this is the only way I work, if you're not willing to occasionally work out, well, in this particular occasion, I am choosing to change my boundaries, but there is a reason for that. And the reason mm -hmm. is COVID or the reason is because this is going to look amazing for my portfolio and I'm going to get a lot of new jobs for it. And yes, mm -hmm. this project's going to suck, but I am choosing to enter into that moment of changing my boundaries for this particular scenario but you've got to make the choice it's it's the ones where they mm -hmm. slip in or we exactly. like the boundaries kind of getting pushed out a little bit it's where you're not actively choosing in this scenario I choose to change my boundaries you're just kind of letting it slide and then you end up somewhere where you hate everybody that's where right. you don't want to get yeah. to like that's the problem I, when I think that's super important little things yeah. slip in I think that's important. And I don't, I think it's sort of empowering too. Like we don't have to feel locked in. We're not locked. We're in charge. We own the fence. It's our fence for goodness sakes. <laughs> hey, by the way, Tom Crowder, Tom Crowder commented uh, on you in the YouTube chat uh, until death do you part or your website project is paid for. <laughs> <laughs> Add that to my contract right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh, welcome Thomas. His first time watching live. We're glad to have you on. So, so I think talking what about you the fence did... analogy with uh, it's your fence, you can do what you want. If you build yourself mm -hmm. the gate and only you have the key, well, then you can <laughs> break the rules as you please. So look I just wanted to take that go. analogy Look at it keep going. <laughs> I love I like it. That. Eric just sparked it. my mind on something on boundaries, which is one of those things about every time we make mistakes, that's when we update our contract. Um, so mm -hmm. it's one of those things where like, 
every website is a learning lesson. And sometimes you don't know the boundaries that you need to have until it doesn't go very well. And then suddenly right. you're like, oh, this doesn't work when they're texting, WhatsApping, emailing and Facebook messaging me all in one project. Actually, this is a disaster and I hate it. And suddenly you decide, well, okay, next time let's not do that. And let's have a boundary that says when you want to contact me, do it via email or do it via messenger or whatever platform you want to choose to have. Like suddenly you learn that's going to be different next time. So I think sometimes what it's about is not necessarily having your boundaries perfect, but just every time you finish a project, thinking about what sucked, (laughs) what made me hate this project, what made me feel resentful towards the client. And then working out, well, is there a boundary that I could put in place that might possibly make the next next job more enjoyable and make us get along better? And sometimes the problem is personalities are different. And you might think, okay, great, I've nailed it. Now I know what it has to be. And then you go into the next job and it's a completely different personality and you realize they are terrible at email. Email is not (laughs) going to work with this client. And in that scenario, you have to change, okay, well, we're going to WhatsApp, like that's what's going to be working for this client. And maybe that changes your boundary on that scenario because it's going to work better. But what you've worked out is we just need to have one channel. Like there needs to be one way that we communicate. That's the boundary. If that's not going to work for this client, okay, let's switch it up, let's change it. But we've still learned from that initial lesson. So I'm constantly changing my contract. And I think it's one of those things, like we have to continually be learning from the horrible situations and not just let mm-hmm. it happen again. That's, yes. that's where but not, over, but not overreact either. You know, just yeah. because like you said, even like, was this because this just happened to be, you know, maybe this person yeah. was going through a divorce. I don't know. Um, you know, or was it, you know, is this something on me that I need yeah. to address? Cause I mean, we've all worked with companies that have policies and you know, the only reason they have the policy is because of one jerk in the past. it's like the mcdonald's cup that says contents are hot don't sue (laughs) don't sue us you're like that has to be there because some idiots spilled the hot coffee on themselves i think thinking about the reason can help you set the boundaries also like for the email one the way that i've dealt with that with clients because you know they often have their preferred thing and they'll text you through 500 different things Um, being able to say to them, the reason that I use email is because if you message me through messenger, I'll see it and I won't be at my desk and then I will forget about it. And there's no prompt and I won't remember to to come back to the thing Mm -hmm. that you asked me to do. So if you email me and same if they call me, if I'm like not at my desk at that moment where I can take a note, I'll say to them, Hey, this is great. No problems. I'm happy to do this for you. Can you just shoot me an email with like dot points about what we just chatted about so that I don't forget it because I want to make sure I do this thing for you. So if you can think through the reason that you're setting the boundary, when you communicate that to the client, they're like, oh, that's fine. Like if I want the work done, I'm better to email it. Then they're not feeling resentful that you said, please don't do this other thing. Instead, they're going, well, now I know the reason that I should be working with in this boundary and then I'm not pissed off about it. So that's yeah. worked well for me, at least in that scenario. I like that. I feel like that's similar to telling the client about like your focus hours. If a client says like, yeah. Hey, how come you never answer my calls? You'd be like, well, look, like when I'm working on a project that's your project or another client's like, 
I, I need my focus. Like I want to give you my best work. And so in order to do that, I have to put my distractions aside and I can't be answering calls. But if you email me, then we can schedule a call. And then that way we're on the same page. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think, it, I think about, of all this. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, it's all about sort of telling the clients what those boundaries are and why you have them in place. And I think doing it from, you know, as early as possible, if you can, is the best thing. And like one of the things that I started doing, um, like, because I, like I said, I don't like talking on the phone, you know, like that's not my primary mode of um communication with clients so I don't I used to have my phone number on my website and then would get annoyed when people would call which is really silly so obviously I took that off my website and then put on the contact page I um like I'm an online business and we communicate primarily by email and here we can like you know schedule in a call if you want to but like it's it's booking in a call and they don't get my number and then I also have in my like initial sort of project inquiry form on like the, one of the very first questions is saying that again, that I primarily um, operate by email and, you know, is this going to be okay with you? And so they can say yes or no from the initial inquiry. And because there's some people that just they prefer to talk on the phone and that's like totally fine, but I'm not the designer for them. If that's who they want, they can they can go find someone else who likes working that way. Call Danny Green. Um, yeah. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I have referred people to her. <laughs> yeah. Um so I think just making it um clear from the get-go so clients have they know right away and so they, they can't really complain halfway through the project that I'm not you know they don't get my phone number and they can't text me and stuff like that yet again it's not just the setting of these boundaries but it's the communicating them to the client that is the really important thing too to go along with that so that they they know what to expect you know what to expect right and that you then follow them so then there's the that was what i was going to talk about next sarah <laughs> yeah so my business hours are nine till three technically mm -hmm. although often i'm sitting at my desk nine till five um and i'm about to try and really color that back down to nine to three again um, but what I've noticed is that it's really easy to let those emails slip through. So, you know, you're sitting in front of TV and the ad comes on and you're bored and you check your phone and you happen to look in your emails and there's an email from the client and they're like, say something and you think I could write this back in a three word reply. And you're thinking, do I do it now? Like now's the moment, right? Like <clears throat> click, 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 done. Yep. It's one thing off my list for tomorrow. But in that moment, you're communicating you can expect me to reply to you at nighttime. Um, and so mm -hmm. I think it's one thing to say, these are my working hours and this is when you'll expect a response from me. But then when you start replying to them on a Saturday or a Sunday or a nighttime or a whatever time, you're teaching them that actually your boundaries aren't as firm as you said they were and that they can get pissed off if you don't reply to them. So I think that's one of those things. There's plenty of tools around. You can snooze emails if you want to not see it until Monday. If it gives you too much stress when you see it on a Saturday, you can schedule emails to send on at 9am. So often I'll set them for like 9.02 or something like that, <laughs> just so that it doesn't look like they're just all scheduled. But, you know, if you feel like it's going to help you feel more calm to reply to that email, do it, but just schedule it so that it sends to them the next day and you're continuing to um, reinforce the boundaries that you've set. If someone messages you in Messenger and you've said, 
I don't want to work that way. I want to work in email. Reply to them via email. Say, hey, I saw your thing. Just reminding you this yep. is the best place to get in contact with me because otherwise I won't, you know, give your reason. But reinforce it by don't respond to them in Messenger. Don't go, oh, hi, let's take this. Like you can if you want, but I reckon it's more effective to literally just not even respond there. Um, sometimes when a client calls me and I don't have time to, or I don't want to call them back, I'll just email them, hey, saw that you called, what's up? Um, so I think you can kind of continually be reinforcing and reminding them, that's not how I work. I've already set this right. boundary. This is how we're going to move forward from here. And I do think nine times out of 10, probably the clients are okay with it. You yeah. know, sometimes it's just that they don't know. I had, uh, I have a client who's also a friend. So she has my phone number. She texted me to, um, just this morning and she said like, Hey, um, some so-and-so needs the login for such and such. And I said, okay, no problem. Would you mind emailing that to me? Sure. Two minutes later, I had the email and then it's put into my, like the system. So I flag it for my assistant to go and have that put in and click up whatever. And it was like, it was such a non-issue. Let me throw this one out there though, guys. So I think that email tends to be the best place for a lot of these things, right? I do have clients I have let clients use Slack to message me, Facebook Messenger, texting, all that stuff. Again, for me, like with you, Sarah, and probably the rest of you too, having it in multiple places it is what causes a disaster. Um, but email, you know, I hate email and I'm not very good at it. I miss a lot of it. I don't like it. It's, it's just not my, my brain doesn't work that way very well. But everybody else has it. So if you try and say like, oh, if you want to communicate with me, you have to use our ticketing system where you have to go and log in, like, good luck. You know, you're not, your clients aren't going to do that. It's just not going to happen for the most part. So I, I, I try to push people into emails and I'll miss them. And so I have had where like, I'll have clients find my phone number and text me and be like, just checking to see if you could reply to my email, which makes me feel horrible. <laughs> like I had such bad practice and I'm really working on this actively. But like in that case, boom, I'm responding to that text and I'm responding to it right then, right there via text. I'm handling that situation. So again, this sure, is like- That's where you stuffed up the boundary, right? Right. Like I, I messed them up, but I'm, so I'm- finding a way to flex my boundary then to, to make it right. You know? So, I mean, again, it's not an exact science. Yeah. I mean, you could use some sort of a CRM or support system where the client emails and so on their end, it doesn't look any different, but on your end, it gives you mm -hmm. some tools to be able to manage and, and not be able to miss those things. Cause the inbox, yeah. the classic inbox is, terrible. Like I have so mm -hmm. many unread emails and I have to declare, uh, email bankruptcy, uh, email bankruptcy, like <laughs> several times a year at least. And just be like, all right, I just need to clear this out. Cause clearly it's I'm so not going to be able to see all this. Yeah. But, do you want to know how many unread emails? I was just going to say, should we play the game? <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody put they in, came the in, they came in, uh, two a minute ago. Oh, I hate your gut, Sarah. <laughs> I right. actively use my email to make, like I use it as a project management part of my, but that's yeah. because it works for me. And that's because I have honed my email in so many different ways. Oh, it's blurry. Ways. Hold on, we hold on, hold it still. Oh, jeez, how read it out. 
30,000. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that, that is actually not, I, I mean, that, that's, that's true. Um, obviously you just I saw had it, to turn, I had to turn the number off on my app. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't, the reason it. why it's so high, like so many of those are, it's from one email account that gets but from uh, one ex-girlfriend. No, no. <laughs> will not leave uh, you alone. It's from one email account that like gets like log emails and you know that that type of thing. Oh. And so it's not actually true. But like Sorry. for the emails that I actually check and open and read, my main email 77, secondary email 30, personal email 33. Um, so not crazy. I have a hot tip for that. Yeah, th so this is one of the processes I, love that I went through. This is, this is totally like off off train and we can do a whole thing on email if you want to at yeah. some point but i might need it i might need I it at have, one point i decided I have, to yeah. go back to mac mail but mac mail has bugger all built into it like it's completely useless from a lot of perspective but what i decided to do was basically use that alongside google so assuming it's a google email so i actually spent the time i spent one week i think it was or maybe it was one month realistically over a whole month of teaching Google where to send things. And so I used the filters inside Google. So I actually did that inside Google. So no matter which email app I switch to, these rules still function. And so there, there are folders. I have these folders called like security or admin logins or, and I have these folders where stuff bypasses the inbox, goes straight there. I can still look at it if I want to, but it doesn't impact my inbox number. And so then the things that come into my inbox are actually things that I want to see. It's really yeah, good I, I, I do have that. The 77 I mentioned was with already with all those filters and emails. And like <laughs> You're just really popular. <laughs> I'm just really bad at email. You know what, though? So this is part of my problem, too, is those notification emails and stuff. I then get complete and total notification blindness. So then oh, I miss anything important. Off. Well, so I don't know. And I, I got an assistant. I'm trying the human route instead of like the robot, robot route. route. Yeah. But it still takes time to train a human to learn your things too. And there's a lot of things that are like, you know, we use Manage WP for, uh, for a lot of our things with folks to repeat and stuff like that. Right. So all these things come through and it's like, oh, urgent. You have to update a kismet, you know, it's not urgent, not, you know, like there's so many of these things that are like, oh, this is yeah, out of date. It's, but every once in a while, one of those is like, hey, there's a site down or hey, this WooCommerce had a critical error. Or, you know, it's something that you need to see. So it's like, that's what's yeah. tricky for me. It's like those things have to pass in front of me. Sorry, we are really going down the wrong topic. I got to pull the brakes <laughs> on this. Yeah. Can't, can't you turn off <laughs> I gotta some set of those boundaries emails though? For my, yeah. Like, We'll like turn off later. the update emails and only getting like the site down emails and stuff. Guys, we have, I will, Tim. Yes, you. Tim. I have, we have only a few minutes <laughs> left in the show. This has flown by. I'm so grateful to everybody who showed up here on the panel with me. We're so, it's so fun to be all together. And um, we're grateful for all of you guys in the live chat, posting lots of comments. Uh, if you're listening or watching later, please leave us a comment. Let us know what you think or just say hello. We check those things. We'd love it if you'd give us a, a thumbs up uh, wherever you're at. Um, subscribe on whichever platform you're on as well so you get notified of the things to come. We do post them on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We do um, schedule them out and uh, post on there. 
I try to do it a few days ahead of time. You never know. Um, we like to keep you on your toes. You got to watch for it, you know. But before we um, before we wrap up completely, uh, oh, and thanks again to uh, Miro and Carlos, of course, keeping the law and order in the chat. Yeah. Mike Devitt, look who showed up here in the uh, live chat. He's not on the panel with us today, but he had a question he asked a little while ago, and we've just been going, going, going. He said, it's all very well adding anything to a contract, but how do you deal with someone who keeps ignoring what they signed up to? How do you hold them to it, and are you prepared to go to court? We know what uh, Danny Green thinks, but uh, for you guys, this is a good question because it's it's all like he said, it's all very well. We can we can set all the we can build all the fences we want, but if people just keep crashing through them, how how do you handle it? I fire them. Yeah. Like I don't go to yeah. court. I'm never going to take someone to court. Realistically, <laughs> like that's just not how I roll. But I'm going to either suck it up and get through it and then say, this isn't working. We're not going to work together. If it's super bad, I'm going to stop it at some sort of like marker. So maybe we do the design and then I'm like, okay, this relationship hasn't been working very well. You're very welcome to take this design to any other developer and they can build this website for you. Um, or if it's on maintenance, then a month out before I have it really clear in my contract, thanks to previous awful situations that I can give two weeks notice if I want to. And so... Um, making sure a month before I say to them, hey, we're not renewing the contract. Um, these are the steps you need to take to find another um, host for your website. So I just fire them. Yeah. I, I think going down court route, I, like surely we're not earning enough money. Maybe if you're charging $100,000, then it's going to be worth it. But for any small business, I can't see why um, taking legal action is going to make a huge difference. It would take me so long know. to figure out how to even do that. I'm similar. I'll just go and fire a client, but try to do it at a milestone. So at least they're walking away with, you know, like hopefully what they've paid me, I'm at least yeah. delivering something that's like matching up towards that and giving them like, you know, hopefully helping them on their way to find someone who's actually going to suit Hopefully yeah. they, they're going to find someone that's going to suit them and they're not just like a terrible human and no design. Sorry, did you say hopefully they'll find someone who's going to sue them? Suit them. Suit them. Hopefully someone teaches them a lesson. Like, yeah. Um, I've never taken someone to court, but I have in Australia. I've, if um, people don't pay, like I've had people not pay, um at the end and so you can go to like small claims court and it's literally just filling out a form and then they get like served and they have to pay so I've done that maybe yeah. two or three times in like 10 years of business so it doesn't happen often and it hasn't happened for probably the last five years because now I don't hand over project yeah. and project <laughs> files until they're paid so it doesn't yeah. you know it doesn't happen to me anymore you almost had to waive some fake late fees <laughs> okay so we have talked about when it comes to boundaries we've talked about uh communication so when people can contact us what channels they can contact us on for work things we've talked about uh contractual sort of things like when work is delivered how it's paid for um, what's expected. I mean, getting a tight scope on a project, really, we didn't go into much detail on that. We have certainly in the past how that's super important to set the, those boundaries up for a project. Uh, what am I, what am I missing? What else have we talked about? Or is there anything else that we've left off that 
we can just chuck I'm out sure there. Kate, oh, I'm sure we went through like 10% of Kate's list that she had. I know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just looking through. I'm like, what haven't we said? Maybe I could just spout them all out in my final thought. Yeah. But, Go um, for it. I had. Um, do you want to just do your final thought right yet. now, Emma? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let me quickly have a look. Um, so, yeah, knowing how you want to receive feedback in what method you want to receive feedback, I think is a big one. Um, mm -hmm. And stipulating that to clients. Uh, so, like, when I send a proof, uh, making sure it says, and this is how you should provide feedback, however you want that to be. Um, I'm going to be adding Eric's one about if someone else um, if you're going to send this to a committee or something like that, then everyone has to watch the video as well. Cause I think that's a yeah. great, um, yeah, that's great. great one as well. Do you use a tool for that? What are you guys using? I know there's a Loom. few out there. Loom. Loom. Oh no, no. Loom. I don't mean for the video so much as like for feedback on designs and things. Cause there's. Well, Loom's just uh, added in. I haven't used it yet. I don't know if you guys have, but Loom's added in that they can give feedback in Loom. Like where they can like, oh, nice. like do stuff on the screen. I haven't done that yet, but it I've been shows thinking up. about. In, in like the timestamp, right? Like, like where yeah, the comment like is in the video. Yeah, but there's like a new feature on top of that where I think Ooh, they can nice. like literally like click on stuff, but I haven't tested it out yet. Well, they they um, just, I don't know if this is the same, but they just um, announced an integration with Markup.io. So I don't oh, know if that's it, it or not. That's yeah. What it was, so Markup.io uh, is similar to like Adareem, which was WP Feedback, uh, Project Huddle, those ones where it puts the overlay on the site and people can like pin little things and leave comments and stuff, which I find to be super useful for websites and design feedback because then you don't have to type a whole email saying like the third block down on the right, you know, like that <laughs> kind of thing. You can just put a little pin on and put a comment and then they can be resolved right in there. So I think... I think those are super yeah. useful for that kind of stuff. And they, that Loom inter integration will be great too. But I didn't know if you guys had any other, or, or like sign-offs even, that's another big deal. Like a lot of times I don't have anything real super, super tight, but I'm all, I'll be like, when you respond to this email, <laughs> that means it's approved. Like <laughs> that's, that's about it. You know, but yeah, I have that like in my, um, in my email, like asking for like final approval or final feedback. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, like it, when you respond by, um, and give your approval, then we'll go live and like no further, like it's, it's approved and no That's further, it. uh, amends or revisions are sort of allowed without, um, you know, further fees. And it's the same. If you as, like, send a taco emoji. One. That means it's, done. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's the same goes with, with um, proof one as well. Like if they approve yeah. proof one and they're like, yep, the homepage is good. You're good to go. Then they know, like I've made it clear that that like that's approved. We're moving on. And if they go back and want to change that later, then there's going to be like, obviously more yeah. like fees. I think we should that. do an episode on this, you guys. Anybody want to hear that in the chat? Let us know if that sounds good to you. All right, Emma. Sorry, I chopped into your final Keep thought. Keep going through your list. Oh, um, just making your boundaries clear on sort of everywhere that you can was one as well. Like um, obviously putting it on your contact page, even in your email signature, like if you have certain working hours and stuff, potentially having an autoresponder on your email. If you're only going to be checking emails once or twice a day, for instance, like having an autoresponder that's going to like tell the client that they've received something and that you'll get back to them whenever, you know, whatever suits you really, but putting it in there like within 24 hours or whatever it might be. Um, 
And then also like I have one in particular that with clients who want to book in-person meetings and I don't um, I don't find them necessary and I guess it doesn't come into um, play much these days because of COVID and everyone, you know, everyone's got used to being at home and that they know they don't have to do things in person. But I have had clients in the past request those in-person meetings and I have to sort of let them down gently about like, you know, where my stance is on that. So I actually have like a little order, like a reply thing where it's saying like, yeah, sure, we can meet up in person, uh, but this is my fee like for an in-person meeting. Alternatively, here's a link to book in a, a free Zoom chat and we can like talk it out there and so it gives them the option most of the time they go for the zoom chat sometimes they're just like yeah no worries i'll pay you and we'll do an in-person meeting and it's like okay great we'll do that sounds good i'll shout your coffee you know um Mm -hmm. but just having that sort of knowing how to respond to those things delicately and potentially just having your own little email template so you you know if that comes up you can just kind of copy and paste and politely decline Super good. So, yeah, Any other that, things on your list? Probably, but we, we tackled it pretty yeah. good, though. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, anybody else have a final thought? I was going to use my final thought to wish our very own Mike Devitt a happy birthday. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. He used his Fun. final thought for you, Mike. I know. Who's, <laughs> who's spending the day watching Divi Chat too? I mean, what a better way to celebrate! Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody else? You guys, Eric? Hey, have any of you uh, read or heard of the book bound called Boundaries? I saw it. Okay. There's a That's- great book. So I used to be a pastor and I gave that book out like candy um, oh. because it's just so helpful to people. And it talks a lot in there about the same things we did just here, like, the, pre, the problem with most of your boundaries is you've never communicated your boundaries and you're not responsible for some, how somebody else responds to your boundary. And that, I think that's one of the big reasons we're afraid of putting a boundary out there, but you just have to give yourself permission to, that's, that's not your responsibility if they get upset. It's your responsibility to communicate the boundary. So it's a great book for boundaries in life, um, but a lot of it crossed over to this. So good book. Cool. Interesting. Cool. We'll put a link. My in final the thought show notes. is, um, sorry, my final thought is, um, I think we can be really scared to set boundaries because we think we're going to look really mean or really harsh, and we want to be really. Well, I don't know for you guys, but for me, like my whole personality, like what I'm trying to put forward is I'm friendly and approachable, and the reason you want to work with me is because. I'm a good person to work with. Like, it's not like one of these agencies where it's going to be this really horrible experience, but you're going to get this great experience. And so then I get scared to set the boundaries. But I think what I have to keep reminding myself is I don't want the conflict later. So do I want the conflict later or do I want to set the boundary now? Um, That's my choice. So it's not one, it's not like, oh, maybe I'll avoid the conflict. It's probably going to come if I don't set the boundaries. So by making that choice now, I'm making it easier for myself. And I can say it in a much nicer way now than I'm going to have to say it then if I don't set it now. So I'm going to be. When you're all frustrated and mad. Yeah. It's going to be horrible. I'm going to hate it. They're going to hate it. We're all going (laughs) to hate it. 
but I can say it a little bit nicer now and it's going to make it way easier at that point if that comes in the future. So I'm trying to save myself in the future. So if you're like me and you hate conflict and you don't want to have to deal with any of that stuff in the future, um, be nice to yourself now and maybe being really clear in your wording. Like some of the stuff um, that Emma is saying is really helpful because it sounds kind of almost bordering on mean, but it's not because it's just really clear. So I think getting your wording clearing, clear, saying why and how, then I think you're going to save yourself heaps of grief in the future. So Are you sure you didn't read the book? <laughs> because it's there. And they even have what you were just talking about. They even have a version boundary with kids. So if you're, okay. you're a parent, it talks just about that. Set your boundaries ahead of time with your kids or it's going to be a lot rougher down the road. So our clients so. are our kids. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so you, you could have, we could have wrote this book. Look at that. That's I was thinking we about make boundaries for clients. I was thinking about the kids analogy yes, we as well, in addition to the fence, because, um, you know, okay. So David, David Papenfuss says in, in the chat, teach your clients how they can benefit from following your procedures and guidelines. And yeah. this, yeah, this is, is this why, is the thing. Right? These boundaries aren't just for us. They don't just make our lives easier. Not the project less stressful for us. It's also for the clients. And you think about that with kids. Uh, a lot of you guys are parents out, out listening. Uh, Emma and I aren't, but you know, we've got serious boundaries for our pets. But anyway, like if you have kids, not really. Mine's set, on my lap right now. No bad. Oh, did you see my cat taking a freaking bath behind me earlier? Every time, man. Last week she was losing her mind, meowing. Anyway, it, you guys who have kids or who have ever been around children, you know that the maniacs, the annoying kids, the crazy kids are the ones that don't have boundaries. Like that makes for happier and more well-adjusted and better kids if they have set boundaries around them of what they can and can't do. And that, like Eric said too, that they understand it. So all of this, we have so, oh man, we could have had so many more analogies. <laughs> analogies, I've, I've, oh I've man. Jotted, I've jotted them down for our version of the book, Boundaries with Clients. So. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Surely Let's we won't it. get sued for that. I mean, surely, right? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Dr. Henry Cloud, he wrote, he's a nice guy. He won't care. He's a nice guy. <laughs> sure. Boundaries. <laughs> you guys was that everybody did everybody get to do a final thought sarah you i think you did too yeah all right yeah. listen that's it that's a wrap we went super long i i didn't have good boundaries on making us stop on time i'm sorry but this was a really good chat thank you emma thank you eric for being here we're it was so great to have you guys um and hopefully we'll get to see a little more of you both of you in the future uh there's a, been a couple requests for Emma to come back again in the chat. I don't know if you saw those. Your fans are uh, clamoring for you. Anyway, thanks so much for being here. We've got another awesome topic next week. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll see you all then. Until then. Take care. Bye-bye.